the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Guess who's here? Woo-hoo! Good to be back with you. It was under the weather, to say the least. And I will tell you that uh, if you can avoid COVID, do so. Just uh, my... <laughs> that's just my uh, personal insights into it. Uh, I came down with it Thursday night, and I'm back today. So uh, I waited my seven days to make sure that I was absolutely clean to come back here and uh, not spread it to anybody else. Never would I want to spread it to, like, Heidi. Absolutely not. She's one of my favorite friends, man. Never would want to do that. Just let you know, um, it's not... For two days, it's, like, kind of death warmed over. But after that, you start feeling better. At least I did. Um, I was up and moving around. uh, Oh, what... uh, Came down Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. I started feeling better, and uh, I've been feeling pretty good since uh, Monday, Tuesday morning. And but uh, you don't want to go anywhere just in case you're still, you know, contagious. So uh, that ended yesterday. So here I am, back with you, and I'm glad to be here. All right, first thing, let's let's do some news that's going to be uh, instrumental for you over the next few days. Uh, if you're a commuter and you uh, come over the I-30 bridge, things are going to change here very shortly uh, about coming in and stuff. Uh, it's been two and a half years. doesn't seem that long, but it has been two and a half years. Uh, since they started the construction for the I-30 bridge and uh, tearing it out and putting a new one in and and all the rest that's going on. And, of course, construction crews still have a long way to go. Well, starting on Saturday night, this Saturday night, uh, the Arkansas Department of Transportation is going to begin shutting down lanes of the old bridge to transition drivers onto the new bridge. Uh, So uh, 
Ardent spokesperson Dave Parker says, so uh, what's going to happen is they're going to do it Saturday. We'll shut down more portions of I-30 as you approach the new bridge to start to make the shift. By Sunday, all eastbound lanes should be driving on the new bridge. Uh, Then by next weekend, all westbound traffic will be added to that. By the end of this month, weather permitting, says RDOT, and everything goes well, that's the big thing. Uh, All traffic east and west will be on the new I-30 River Bridge, and then very shortly after that, they'll start destroying the old bridge and getting it out of there and then constructing uh, the new one. Uh, it's not the last of the construction. October, the old bridge goes down. This is going to help make room for the new westbound bridge, which is scheduled to begin construction next year. <clears throat> Excuse me. The bridge is just part of the entire pre- project. Uh, there's still a lot of other work to do, according to Parker. There are still at least two years left of the I-30 crossing project before it will be finished. After the river bridge is complete, the next big part of the project will be creating a lane with a flyover ramp for drivers to safely get to I-40 towards North Little Rock. Um, and so that that's uh, still got to be done as well. So just know it's it's not going to be it, it it's not going to be fun in the near future. It's going to be hard and. Uh, you know, you've gotten used to it now the way it is. Uh, the last thing you want to do now is to be driving through that area as though everything is staying the same because it's not. So uh, go slower and be careful when you're out there. And I'll tell you when you've got to be real careful, when there's been rain and the road is wet. And then when we get into uh, uh, the, uh, the winter time. And we start getting into those times where we're dealing with uh, ice on the bridge and things of that nature. That will make it exceedingly dangerous, and you'll want to take your time. So be careful. All right, second thing to talk about today, and that's crime. Something has got to be done. I heard uh, um, Senator Cotton say something over the weekend. Well, really early this week I mean are you, you're familiar with this kid over in Memphis that held the city at bay basically for a day and a half uh, killed a bunch of people uh, I mean driving down the road does this decide to kill some, you know, just would decide to kill somebody drove into a, a, a parts uh, a store for you know auto parts and shot somebody in the chest twice. They're in critical condition, may survive. They're not sure at this time. And, uh, you know, just just decided to, to go completely whackers. Memphis Police Chief C.J. Davis confer- uh, confirmed in a uh, press conference early this morning that four people were killed in a mobile uh, mass shooting after 19-year-old Ezekiel Kelly went on a random sh- uh, shooting spree. Three other shooting victims were also injured. 
Police said Kelly was taken into custody in the area of Ivan Road and Hodge Road. A shelter in place was issued for that area and now been lifted. According to South Haven Police, a Dodge Challenger was stolen at a Raceway gas station on State Line Road just before 9 p.m. last night. The driver of the car recognized Kelly as the suspect and ran off. Memphis police found the car and took Kelly into custody. South Haven police have charged Kelly with armed car jacking for the incident. Uh, what uh, the uh, Memphis Police Department didn't know was that Kelly started his shooting rampage well before 7 p.m., Kelly killed his vic- first victim in an overnight shooting on Lindell Avenue at 12.56 in the morning. And uh, after taking a lengthy break, he began his mobile mass shooting as early as uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. Police responded to a shooting in the 3100 block of Lindale Avenue in North Memphis. One person, a a 24-year-old man, was pronounced dead. Five other people were present at the time of the shooting, but they were not injured. Memphis police later linked this shooting to Ezekiel Kelly's shooting spree. Officers responded to a shooting in the 900 block of South Parkway East near Cooper Young and Liberty Park. One man was pronounced dead on the scene. ABC 24 was on scene and saw and saw that the victim suffered from multiple gunshot wounds. The victim was pronounced dead at the scene. MPD later learned that this incident was connected to a mobile mass shooting. Police responded to an AutoZone store in the 4,000 block of Jackson Avenue in North Memphis when a man was shot in the abdomen. He was transported to Regional 1, remains in critical condition. That shooting was broadcast live on a Facebook live stream on a page named Zeke Huncho, believed to be Ezekiel Kelly's profile, which has since been deleted. A citizen notified police of Kelly's Facebook Live uh, streaming from the page by the name of Zeke Huncho, making them aware that Kelly was at large, armed, and dangerous. After uh, Memphis Police Department was made aware of the Facebook Live, they were able to connect a series of shootings and uh, multiple crime scenes and activate an all-points uh, bulletin request. Police made uh, citizens aware that there was a mobile mass shooter in the, on the loose who was responsible for multiple shootings across the Memphis area. Uh, MPD gave a description of the vehicle Kelly was driving and told people to be on the lookout. Police responded to a, uh, a woman shot on Poplar Avenue and Evergreen Street. This was at 723 uh, last night. ABC uh, 24 was on the scene, confirmed a woman who was shot died after suffering multiple gunshot wounds. Uh, The uh, Memphis police said the suspect carjacked a woman taking her gray Toyota SUV. Police responded to a shooting at Popular Avenue and North McLean Boulevard. One man was transported to the hospital in non-critical condition. 
At 7.30 last night, the University of Memphis went on lockdown. The uh, minor league ballpark went on like lockdown. There's another university in that area that went on lockdown as well. The University of Memphis, uh, it was uh, put on lockdown in response to a shooting at Patterson Street and Southern Avenue, just feet from the university campus. University said there were shots fired near Patterson and Southern, but there was no threat at the university itself. Uh, Campus police said they were working with uh, Memphis police on an active shooter situation referencing the mobile mass shooting. About 8.40, AutoZone Park went on lockdown in response to public danger, citing the mobile mass shooting. Players were ushered off the field and fans took refuge in the press box. Uh, AutoZone Park and the Memphis Redbirds suspended that ga- their game after the stadium was forced to go on lockdown. A doubleheader has been scheduled for later today. In lieu of the danger announced by the Memphis Police Department regarding an active shooter in the Memphis area, the trolley service and bus services were suspended indefinitely. Now, I want you to consider this. This is one dude. One dude has paralyzed the city. Now, he's a bad dude. Make no doubts about it. He's a bad dude. He's killed a bunch of people. He's threatened more people. He's shot more people. And wait till I tell you the rest of the story, which we'll get to in just a moment. And I'm, I'm like uh, Tom Cotton. Comes a time in our society that we, know, we got to know that we're talking about young psychopaths and they need to either be locked up and never, ever have the chance of getting out of jail or executed. And it's that last thing we'll talk about as we go along this, uh, this morning. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing's ready to help you with your roof and a lot of other things, too. I mentioned just starting last week <coughs> that uh, PI Roofing also takes care of construction. And I'm not talking about just some you know minor construction, perhaps, that needs to be done in your house because of some water that got into your home and destroyed you know, a ceiling or something like that. I'm talking about major construction. <clears throat> I'm going to give them a call uh, next week, have them come out and take a look at my uh, deck because it needs some work done on it. And I want to see what their cost is going to be to repair my deck. And I'd like to get it done uh, before I get into uh, the the real cold weather. Uh, But uh, we'll see. We'll see what they have to say about that. But they'll do that for you. Uh, They'll put windows in for you. They'll put gutters on your house for you. They do all of it. They are everything now. PI Roofing should be called P.I. Everything. That's what their new name should be, P.I. Everything. But they are professionals. They'll come out. They'll look. They'll tell you how much to fix whatever it is that you need fixed. That's P.I. Roofing. You call them at 501-707-3551 or visit them online at piroofing.com. 
Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, about 24 minutes after 6. Good to be back with you. Uh, I'm feeling good, and uh, we got a full show today. Uh, coming up in the next hour, Joe and Duck will be here, bringing in a new person as well. Uh, they're going to join me, and we'll talk about cars and things of that nature, a lot of different things to talk about cars, new uh, types of uh, information going out, like the new Mustang uh, that they're coming out with uh, is not going to be a hybrid. It's going to be uh, 100% electric. So we'll talk about that. And uh, is that a good move, bad move? Uh, who knows what kind of move it is, all right? Bottom line is, though, that's the information that we have been given uh, concerning uh, what's going on as far as cars. Uh, in uh, the 9 o'clock hour, Jimmy uh, Cavan's going to be with us. He is my, my FOIA warrior. He'll be joining us. We'll be talking about the mayor, uh, some more, and different things that have come out that uh, – some of the TV stations aren't reporting on, and they should be reporting on it. <clears throat> I know for a fact, and uh, I'll be bringing this out in the near future, that one of the uh, of the TV stations, it's been somebody uh, up at the top of, of the ownership that has you know suppressed a story. Uh, that is out there about the mayor. We'll get to that uh, down the road as we uh, we go along. I I want a few more pieces of paper in my my uh, my hand, and then that way we'll report it right off of uh, the particular uh, important uh, pieces of paper that uh, you need to know about. Uh, but Jimmy will be here to talk to us about that. Lance Hines from the City Council is going to be on as well. What are we going to do about this, all this, uh, uh, you know, uh, terroristic threatening that we're seeing on the streets? Uh, the, you know, the crime out on the streets. Because it's happening all over the place now. In central Arkansas, it's over in the Memphis area, stretching out from there. It's in Pine Bluff, stretching out from there. Uh, We've got a bad, bad case of crime all over the place, and things need to be done. And, of course, again, uh, the uh, senator from uh, Arkansas, Tom Cotton, mentioning yesterday on, uh, on the news that uh, a lot of these people who are perpetrating this crime uh, are young, and they're um, acting or you know they're being you know they're sociopaths, and uh, they need to be put in jail, never to let out, as well as or you know executed. You know, Paul says this all the time on my show on Mondays. He says if somebody can't be trusted. To uh, be out in the public and be part of the public without the chance of them, uh, you know, doing something to somebody, hurting somebody, killing somebody, raping somebody, then perhaps they need to be taken out of the gene pool. Perhaps execution is the only way to deal with these people. And I know. 
lot of people in our society that we think, oh, it's you know, that's so terrible. Well, you know what's terrible is is innocent people having their lives snuffed out by these folks, just snuffed out, just because they happen to be in in the, in the, the wrong place at the wrong time, and somebody like this is going through, uh, you know, the uh, the area, going through the, the city streets and and just shooting people and killing people. Well, those people need to be dealt with. And this whole thing of of arresting people, putting them in front of a judge, and a judge uh, takes them from uh, the, you know, perhaps that what they had them is, you know, they tried uh, second-degree murder, but we'll take it down and we'll lower that that process, that, uh, that down, and, and they won't be held accountable. That's got to stop, too. I personally think the judges that are part of this, uh, that are uh, letting people out sooner than they should, when they know that the person has a rap sheet a mile long, we should know who these judges are. Should be made very, very clear who they are. Their picture should be on the evening news so that everybody can see who the judges are that are making these decisions uh, that are causing these people to terrorize us. All right, we'll talk about it further. We got to get news in. That's coming up. We got other things to talk about, too. We'll get to all of that as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about David Lucas and what he offers to you. He offers the ability to learn how to purchase silver and gold. You know, uh, most of the folks that are out there that you go to visit that talk to you about your nest egg will tell you you need about 15% of uh, precious metals now to protect against inflation. By the way, later on today, they're saying they're going to up uh, the number on our uh, inflationary number as far as uh, when you pay, uh, you have to pay on uh, uh, on time, and it's going to be more expensive to do that. They're looking at uh, increasing that by three quarters of a percent. That's a that's pretty good jump. They don't like to jump one percent because that freaks out everybody. I don't know why three quarters of a percent wouldn't, but that's the way they are. That will. Uh, you know, the last couple of times they've jumped now, we're up over that one and a half percent now between a couple, of, a couple of the the interest rate jumps that we've had. So you want to know how to get the silver and gold? Call David Lucas about that. 501-222-3315. Talk to somebody who knows. Don't read things on the Internet and say, now I know how to do it. That's not the way it works. I'm just telling you, it's not the way it works. Call somebody like uh, David Lucas uh, Financial, and their specialist will help you out with that. 501-222-3315. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. Why is that important? Call David Lucas Financial, and they'll explain it to you. Uh, 501-222-3315. 15. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Coming up in the next hour, uh, all the information you need to know about cars, probably your car. 
you know, any kind of problem that uh, you perhaps have with your automobile. Uh, you know, when you put a load on it, is it bogging down? What would cause that? We'll find out as uh, Joe and Duck will join us, and they're bringing uh, another person with them. Don't know who, who they are exactly, except that they're brand new uh, to the bumper-to-bumper uh, car and truck doctor show. So they'll be joining us so that you'll know who they are before they're part of the Saturday show. Let me get back now to this Memphis story. Police are now saying multiple felony charges are pending against Kelly. That's the young man, and he is young. He's 19 years old, who has uh, gone on this killing spree, uh, and he did have a previous criminal history. In fact, that criminal history starts when he was eight years old. Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland revealed during a press conference early this morning that Kelly was charged with attempted first-degree murder but had pled guilty to a downgraded aggravated assault charge in April of 2021. This is the problem. If you tried to, to kill somebody, you should go to jail for trying to kill somebody, not just against aggravated uh, you know, just some kind of aggravated charge of an, of, of an assault. Kelly was sentenced to three years in prison. But he didn't spend three years in prison. He was released in March of 2022, serving just 11 months of the sentence. Now, there's four people dead because of this man. He killed four people, wounded others. And it happened because he was sentenced to three years, didn't serve the three years, only served a total of 11 months. The shooting rampage comes less than six months after Kelly was allowed back on the streets in the city. Mayor Strickland denounced Kelly's release on Wednesday night. Quote, if Mr. Kelly served his full three-year service or sentence, he'd still be in prison today, and four of our fellow citizens would still be alive. These evil actions show why truth in sentencing is a must and, should, and that we all should do all we can to make our city safe. We must unite around this principle and stand up to the challenge of violent crime in our city. As the shooting rampage unfolded, this is according now to Fox News, the Memphis Police Department released an image of Kelly and said that he was driving with a red dealer tag and busted rear window. The vehicle was described as a Nissan or Infiniti. Police say Kelly's first suspected homicide happened early Wednesday morning, where a man was found dead at a shooting scene after midnight. The suspect's rampage appears to have begun at around 4.30 in the afternoon yesterday, when a man was found dead in his car of gunshot wounds at a BP gas station. 
A woman was critically injured in a separate shooting incident minutes later. At around 6 o'clock last night, Kelly allegedly filmed himself walking into an auto zone and shooting a man in the store. The injured victim was transported to a local hospital in critical condition. By the way, that was an abdomen wound. Police had urged the residents in that area to shelter in place after 7.20. Shortly before 9 o'clock last night, a female victim with gunshot wounds was found dead by officers. Minutes later, officers responded to a carjacking involving an uninjured victim. After finding the suspect and pursuing a high-speed chase, officers took Kelly into custody without incident. The circumstances of the other shootings and victims were not confirmed by police last night. The shooting comes as the city was rocked by the abduction and murder of mother and teacher Eliza Fletcher as she was jogging Friday morning. That suspect, Cleotha Henderson, is charged with first-degree murder, especially aggravated assault, and tampering with fabricating evidence. So, you know, you got that all going on as well. Not a great week for the city of Memphis. Another example of a city that is uh, being run by the party of blue in a state of red. Just letting you know. Uh, let's, Let's not pull any punches here. Democrats are not doing a real good job of running these cities. New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, others. Pine Bluff. You can go on and on and on and on. Something has got uh, to change about all of this, and uh, we've got to get serious with this. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'll let you know exactly what's going to happen. The pendulum had swung to the left. That's what had happened. It swung to the left because we had that tragedy in in, uh, Minneapolis. And everybody, and we saw some other uh, different uh, police brutality and police shootings. And uh, people decided that what we needed to do was to go after the cops. See, here's the key. You don't go after the police. You go after the criminals. Now, if the cops happen to be a criminal, they're not a cop as far as I'm concerned anymore. They're a criminal. Deal with them as criminals. And make it very public and make it, and make it so that everybody sees what's going on. Uh, let it work its way through the criminal justice system. But make sure that, uh, you know, they get what's coming to them. Not more than what's coming to them, but what's coming to them. If you'll do that, a lot of this will not happen. I think most people understand, at least I understand this, that the majority of cops are not the problem. There are some cops that might be a problem, and we have to deal with them. But don't, you know, don't paint everybody who's in blue as being the bad person. 
I was talking to someone uh, not too long ago. I know it's hard at times if you find yourself, uh, you know, at the hand of somebody who wears a uniform and they mistreat you. And I know somebody that that happened to. And uh, they started talking, you know, uh, well, the cops this, cop that. I said, no, not, not the cops. A cop. A cop did that to you. Not the cops. We're not talking all cops. And we've got to make sure we understand that. And then the ones that are not doing their job are breaking the law that, uh, you know, they don't stay cops very long. And if uh, they've, they've broken the law where they should go to jail, then they need to go to jail. Put their butts in jail. Need to do that. But I'm going to tell you something else. These repeat offenders that are, you know, time and time again, shooting people, killing people, you know, get three years, get out in 11 months, and then six months later they're killing people again. I don't think there should be a jail sale that holds them. I believe that execution is going to have to become the way that you deal with this. And I know there's a lot of people that will disagree with me, and that's well and good. Let's have the discussion. Before I was a talk show host, I was uh, I covered the cop beat. I was a reporter. Did a lot of stories on innocent people that other people murdered and killed in, in horrendous ways. I, I covered, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with uh, uh, the killer in Gary, Indiana, Paula Cooper, who, uh, Mar- uh, who, who killed Ruth Pelkey, who was a Bible teacher, 70-something years old. You know what the Ruth Pelkey's, uh, uh, you know, terrible thing was? She opened her home up to young people to teach them about Jesus. That's what she did. She had Bible classes. And she let Paula and she let another girl in. And uh, Paula stabbed her 30-something times with a 12-inch butcher knife, shredded the carpeting under her body. And she was uh, sentenced to to, uh, death in the state of Indiana, youngest person ever given the death penalty. I think she was uh, 14 years old at the time. Put her down in Marion County on death row, and you, the hue and cry for her was ridiculous. All right? I mean, it was ridiculous. I remember seeing a big march they had in Italy for her, and they had her picture on the shirts of the people that were marching for her, and that she shouldn't be put to death. No pictures of Ruth Pelkey on on shirts. Look, I was at that murder scene. I can tell you how brutal it was. I talked to the coroner, Danny Thomas, about it after it was over with. Terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And all anybody on anybody's lips was Paula Cooper. I'll tell you the end of that story as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. 
Easton Towing says you find yourself on the side of the highway, they can help you. Doesn't matter the situation, they understand them. They're ready to help you out. Easton Towing can handle it, and they've got all the answers. So you call them. East End Towing, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. And East End Towing will come to your rescue. That's East End Towing. All right, back with you. Let's finish it up for this hour. And uh, we have been talking about uh, this uh, young man who was taken into custody uh, early today who has been on this killing spree over in Memphis. And uh, I wanted to finish up. I was talking about uh, Paula Cooper, youngest uh, person ever sentenced to death at the time uh, in the state of Indiana, uh, was down in Marion County. That's uh, in the county where Indianapolis is at, put on death row. And everybody, I won't say everybody, that's too broad of a uh, brush, but a large amount of people and the media. The media got behind this. And uh, it's one of the reasons I started souring as being part part of the media and how they were, you know, you know, doing the news, this advocacy. You know, they were advocating for Paula Cooper, a cold-blooded murderer. That's what she was. A cold blood. I was the last person that had an interview with her. I was part of the uh, the pool of reporters that got to have the last uh, interview with her before they were taking her down to death row. And my question to her, my last question, was a simple one. I, I figured I already knew the answer to it. And I asked her, after all of the, you know, the, the, the death after all of the the things that had happened to her family, uh, of how people were looking at her family as, you know, being no good and whatever because of what she did, I said, Paul, would you have done anything differently? And her next words made the uh, headline of uh, the Indy Star, and she said, I'd killed the bitch again. That was her exact words. I mean, I was stunned. I'll be honest. She was also the first person I've looked at eye to eye. And you look into their their eyes and you don't see a soul. I didn't see a soul there with uh, with Paula Cooper. I just saw a murderer. And... uh, Evan By, the governor, later on bent to pressure, put her, gave her uh, life without parole. She got parole. That's what I always say about this: life without parole. Don't buy it. I that's that's that whole truth and sentencing stuff. Just because it says life without parole doesn't mean that you're going to get you're going to stay in prison till your dying day. Typically, doesn't mean that at all. And so Paula got out. I heard that she died, uh, you know, homeless, uh, a, a drug-addled person, and uh, I got to tell you, I I find it hard inside of me to find 
to think uh, how terrible that must have been for her. Because I'll tell you what, let me just ask you a question for the folks that don't believe in the death penalty. If you would have been Ruth Pelkey and Paula Cooper had had your arms pinned down on the floor and you were looking up in her face and she had that 12-inch butcher knife held over her head ready to drive it into your body and kill you and you had a switch in your hand and you could have pushed a button and you could have sent her off into eternity except instead of you what would you have done would you have protected your life and uh, you know to take care of the family you still had to be able to see the loved ones that still loved you and wanted you around would you have pushed a button and got rid of of uh, Paula Cooper I can tell you what my answer is I believe in uh, you being able to do that and protect yourself bottom line is that's what that's what uh, capital punishment is it's society protecting themselves from this like this guy over in Memphis who's 19 and everybody's going to say how terrible his life was doesn't give him the right to take the lives of four others so Dave Ellswick show we got more coming your way we'll be back right after the news that's next here at 101.1 FM The Answer having duck on this show but what i don't like is when duck tells me that he caught rainbow trout and then he didn't bring me any i got some at home in the refrigerator <laughs> i brought uh six home i think it was good i'm gonna say i love trout i brought two a lot of people don't like it you know what they say it tastes too fishy well guess what it's a fish well i cook them for my wife i'm not just real wild about them either but the guy up there, Papa Bill, that takes us always takes us out. He uh, he enlightened me how to cook them. 
and uh, she she'll eat them in without very few bones. No, I I can tell you, it's like gar. A lot of people won't eat gar. It just depends on how you cook it. Because you, know. you take it and you season it, you put it on a, a pine plank, you put it in the fire, you let it cook really well, you pull it out, you take it off the plank, you eat the plank, and you throw the fish away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, with, with that's the way you eat a gar, brother. He told me, you know, he said, just take them, put aluminum foil down, put your bed of butter. Yeah, that's I, right. I put a little Wishshires with it, then I put yeah. some, some lemons on it. Okay. Put a little seasoning, a little of everything okay, on it. Okay, what kind of seasoning are we talking about? I put just whatever's in the cabinet. Cavenders or something? I put a little everything okay. on it. Okay. Then put lemons on top, sprinkle a little bit more uh, Wishshires on it, and wrap it up. And, cu- and if it's a big fish, I cook it about seven minutes per side. Okay. And then the skin will just roll right off of it. And Yeah, you can grab it and just pull she, it off. She, I mean, she she eats Matter of fact, there's one in the, in the refrigerator now, and I get home, i got to cook it tonight for for supper. Teresa enjoy it. She does. That's what I'll say. Just enjoy She'll it. She'll eat the... We caught... Trout's good fish, man. Me and my little brother and Russell, we went trout fishing uh, Sunday morning, and uh, they're messing with the White River. Was it down or was it up? No, it was down. Way down? We actually... We was going to put in at the state park right below the dam, and the guy that was taking Bill called me. He said, look, we can't put in there because we ain't got but about a 100-foot strip of water we can fish. <laughs> The water's so low, so we wind it's up not good. going around what's called a white hole, which is down by Stetson's. And uh, we went out of there, and we only had about a three-quarter of a mile strip there to fish. The water was so low. Wow. wonder I mean, why they took it down so low. They say that it's flooding down south Arkansas. Okay. Where, you know, when they use a lot of this water to irrigate, but they've had, you know, a bunch of rain, and they so they're only generating a half a generator a day. So they need it. Uh, they don't need the water down south. They got plenty of water in the ground already. Yeah, but all right, the, all understandable. The, all the guys that was fishing, you know, come around us. And, you know, when I was fishing, they was all grappling. They got to turn the, you know, turn them on so we got enough room to fish. I mean, that it was about a little less than a mile strip. I bet you they was eighty boats in that strip. <laughs> Because they couldn't, you know, can't go nowhere else. Anybody hook your ear while you're out there? No, but I was kind of concerned a few times because we was three wide floating down through there fishing. That's dangerous, man. People start casting, especially if they want to cast over you towards the side where there's a little bit of shade. Yep. Because I don't know, but it seems like to me that trout like to find the shade along the shore. We caught more out in the middle than we did really? against the bank, and that's, that's unusual. Yeah, that's that's different. They'll usually be over against the bank where the water swift at, but they wasn't there this time. They was out in the middle. So what were you fishing with? Well, we started off with corn. Okay. And a power bait ball. I'm just telling you, power bait balls is the way to go. And then he switched us over to a uh, something that he makes. It's a uh, uh, he takes yarn and puts it around a hook and it, and it, he had all different colors. <laughs> it and shows you how how smart fish are. And huh? the good thing about it is, if we fished about four hours with that one and with that one. If you didn't get hung up, you never lost it. And uh, we got hung up a few times because you know the water was so low and stuff. But a lot of branches probably. We caught probably we I brought I think five or six home and. Uh, Good. But we probably caught, between the three of us, we probably caught 40. 
Wow. And throwed back. That's a good day. Oh, yeah. And there was a bunch of them that was <laughs> 8, 10, 12 inches long. They didn't stock the river this time on the holiday weekend like they normally do. Uh-huh. They said because water was too low. Well, that's all right. There were plenty of fish for you. But I caught a, I caught a, a rainbow. It was about 8 inches, Dave. Yeah. And uh, I started reeling it in about halfway to the boat. It took off. And I couldn't, you know, wouldn't reel. And I thought I hung up and... I told uh, you spit the hook, didn't you? No, I said you need to run up a little bit. I'm hung up, so he runs up. I get it up to the boat, and I got about a a 14, 15 inch brown that had that whole fish in his mouth. (laughs) And when he went to dip him, he spit the little the little rainbow out and took off. But well, yeah, he didn't want to be in the net. Yep, he was. If he'd have been another couple seconds, he'd have been in the net. Yeah, he'd been in somebody's belly, probably. But uh, fishing is. It was slow, but been in BBB's belly. That's right. Foggy. Get in my belly. Foggy. <laughs> we was on the river for the first couple of hours. You couldn't see if another boat was. I'm looking inside. over at Joe. He has no idea who I'm talking about. <laughs> Did you ever see Austin Powers? Yeah. Okay. Big fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's the one. Always said, "Get in my belly." Mm-hmm. Loved him. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> So, speaking of electric cars, Dave, <laughs> don't fall out of the chair now because we ain't getting you up. Well, out I'm of the just laughing. I'm laughing at Joe. Joe's looking at me like, there you go, Ellswick, talking stupid stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would you like to own an electric car in California? No, Dave? I don't think I don't want to ever have an electric car that I can think of right now. <clears throat> when they can fill one of them up in about 10 minutes and I can go. 600 miles. Yeah, about yeah, about 600 miles. Then we can talk. Until then, I'm driving a gas guzzler. You know? I'm 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 filling it up and driving it. Because as they may say that they're not going to make cars after 2035 that are are ice cars, internal combustion engines. That's what they call them, ice cars. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you what. It's going to be a long time after that, that internal combustion engines are going to be on the road. I don't think they're ever get them off the road. Huh? We'll find out. I mean, maybe if they can work on those small hydrogen cells that a while back they were in you and you, we yeah. talked about this, and Joe, we've talked about it. Sure. And they seem to be making some uh, some some push towards that. If they could get to that, that would be cool. I still have mine. The guy give me. It's yeah. in a box at the shop underneath my desk. Yeah. You should figure out how to, you know, you could use that to power something else right now. I'm going to power the sun. <laughs> Do you know how hot the sun is? I always thought the sun was inordinately hot, all right? And then I was reading about the um, the the rocket that's going to go back to the moon. And uh, that they want to test the heat shield, and the heat shield's got to withstand 5,000 degrees as it comes back into the Earth's atmosphere. That's half the, uh, the uh, uh, how hot the sun is, 10,000 degrees. It melts you. I mean, it's pretty hot. I'm not going to be one of those people who says it's not. I ain't want to land on the sun yet. I don't know about that. Get my shoes made out of something <laughs> special. Know that much. I, I just do you guys remember Glenn when he was coming back and the heat shield was failing on him? 
in uh, the Gemini. Yep, they thought they was going to burn up. Yeah, he like thought a, he thought he was going to flame out. That's his his words. I thought I was going to flame out. That's when he's coming down out of out of, out of outer space and singing the battle hymn of the Republic. You know, one of the space shuttles. You know, that's what happened to it. The yes, the last the one. Yeah, and it disintegrated. Which one was it? Was that Enterprise? I see Challenger's one that blew up with a school teacher. That's correct. It. Yeah, Christy McAuliffe. Uh, and then Discovery, it's at uh, up north somewhere. Yeah, it, it went, may have been. It went up. Yeah, it went up. Uh, the last one went up up over Texas. Yeah. And uh, part. Yeah, yeah. There was and and it happened every time we've had a tragedy in the space uh, program. They have ignored something. They ignored using pure oxygen and Apollo, and then it, they got a spark in the capsule, and it burned the three of them up there on the pad. Then when the shuttle exploded, uh, they said that no worry about the O-ring, even yeah, if it, you know, it was, you know. It's on the outside. It ain't going to hurt nothing. Yeah, and it ended up leaking and and exploding and, and killing and killing one of my friends, in fact, Ellison Anazuka, uh, on it. And then uh, the last one that went down, uh, the problem was that they kept having that ice shear off of it as it was taken off, and, knocking the and it off. would hit the it would hit the tiles. And they said, "Nah, it's not not causing any big problems." And sure enough, that's where the the leak was that let that super hot air in, and all. You know, 5,000 degree fire air coming in. I said, not, yeah, burned a hole right through the, to the shuttle. That's what happened to it. And then it came apart, and the, the rest is history there. So, you know, when you start having problems, you might want to pay attention to it. It's kind of like the automobile, Dave. A lot of things happen with the automobile, sure. The automobile gives you warnings, don't it, Joe? Yeah, it's what the lights are for. That's right. I mean, it gives you warning to tell you, hey, you know. You got a problem. Yeah, you need to take it somebody let somebody, you know. We got a new guy on the radio today. His name is BJ. I've known BJ Hayes. for a long time. I like that name. That's got kind of, that's a kind of a sports name. He he was the interstate battery uh route guy for a long time. He okay. bought tell them what what you bought, BJ. <clears throat> so I recently purchased uh Jets Gas and Service. Yeah, I know where you're at. Thirty one oh one West Markham, just one block west of Cavanaugh. Um, really good spot on the confluence of um, the Hillcrest, the <coughs> Stiff Station, and um, Capital View. Yeah, you're really in a good, good spot. spot. Really good yeah. spot. Um, lots of traffic. Yep, lots of traffic. Um, so I've been I've been there for a little over a year. I've owned it for about three months now. So I've had my feet wet in it for just a little bit. You know, still still kind of fresh at it. Yeah. And um, just just loving every minute. I'm just glad to be here with the bumper to bumper guys. I feel like a a boy amongst men in this group. Well, right I'm, I'm glad to have you here. And, and Jets carries a, a great uh, background. The people who owned that for years gave great service, and so you can pick that up and just carry it on. That's the key. Um, you know, there was all kinds of opportunities to all kinds of opportunities to sell it to you know convenience store, fast lube, or whatever. And uh, George just didn't want to go on down that way, so. Um, you know, I expressed some interest, and you know, we we worked on it for about three years, and felt that the time was right. So I, I made a move from my career in the in the uh, I was a battery specialist, you know, for a local distributor for twenty years, and uh, made the move. And 
uh, haven't looked back since. Easiest Love way it. to know where he's at, he's just down the street from the oyster bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, said he smells it every day. Yeah, I can imagine he smells it every day. It's good food over there. I used to eat there all the time. Then they, the people who used to own it sold, and new people bought it, and they cleaned it up, and it was like, why do I want to come here anymore? <laughs> you know, it looks too nice. I liked it when it didn't look all that nice. Joe knows about that. He's eating over there with me. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. I like yeah, it's it. It's good yeah. food. Mm-hmm. It's good food. All right, let's get a break in. We'll do that, and then we'll come back, and we'll do more here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. we got the folks in here talking about cars. Joe and Duck is here, and B.J. Hayes, who's the new owner over at Jets right there uh, by the Oyster Bar. You want to check them out. Right, right there where you go off Kavanaugh. You know what I'm talking about? You can only... You're not supposed to turn left, but I turn left there all the time? Dave. <laughs> you don't speed neither, do well, you? Yeah, what road is that right there? I'm trying to think uh, the road. Because I get off of off of 430, and I get uh, What is that called? 630, I guess. What now? Getting off of Woodrow? Yeah, Woodrow. Yep. Yeah, I come up there, and you come there, and if it's before 9 o'clock, it says no left turn, I think. And I always go so left. So you just go ahead and make left. Yeah, I look both ways and make sure no cars are coming. That's what it should say. It said no left turn unless cars are coming. That's all you need. All right, we'll take a break. we got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're ready to get back to it again. All right, so let me talk to you guys about this a little bit. I, I saw Ford has made the decision that the uh, new Ford Mustang is going to be all electric. It's not going to be a, uh, they're not going to make a car that's a hybrid. Mistake or the right thing to do? I mean, I'm going to start with with our guest, BJ. BJ, what do you think? Smart or not so smart? Well, if you ask me, I I don't know. I think it might just be kind of trendy right now. Um, my deal the the infrastructure. I just don't think it's the right time. The infrastructure is not here. Um, you know we can't service the cars like they need to be serviced. We can't even plug them in, and recharge them like they can need to be plugged in and recharged. Um, so I don't know. I just it's just not the right time. All right. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying it's not the right time. All right. So well, that's what Elon Musk says. The, the infrastructure is not ready for. It. Uh, let me look at Joe and, and look at Duck. Do either one of you have recharging stations at your facilities yet? No. No. Okay. The only oh. thing I have, I have a charger for a hybrid battery. So when you know we get one towed in, a lot of a lot of vehicles, even if they're hybrids, which means it's gas and electric, if the hybrid battery goes completely dead on it, you can't start the gas engine. No. If it sets around or has a problem or something like that, then what we have to do is we have to charge that battery, test the cells in it. Some of the batteries on the uh, Priuses and uh, even the GM Tahoes and stuff like that that are hybrids, and a lot of the Hondas and whoever else manufactures is, you can you can buy replacement cells for them and not have to buy the whole complete battery pack. And there's a way to test each cell and see which ones we can replace just those cells and extend the life of the battery pack. But as far as having one to plug in for an EV vehicle, do not have one. All right. So, But so, I did price one. Okay. And to put one in that you can charge in a 
about an hour. Forty. It says forty minutes to an hour. My cost was right at twelve thousand dollars. <coughs> well, you're gonna order four of them, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I put that on the back burner. <laughs> Way back. Did you look at that Brink thing? Uh, yes, I did. And, and was it as good of a deal as they were making it out to be? No. <laughs> that's the one where I, I, I that's where I checked on it. Oh, okay. See, uh, okay. It, it would be a good deal if you could put in about ten or twelve chargers. Uh, they will um, kind of furlough the the loan to put it up for five years. Uh, without any payment or any interest, but I, you know, I can't see where it ever pay for itself in Arkansas right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go buy Bass Pro out there; they got twelve of those chargers, I think. I've only been by there and caught one car charging. Really? So there ain't no way it can pay for itself. Now, if the federal mm-hmm. government wants to put one in my place, tell them come on down. No. I don't want them to do it. I'm going to stand against it. I am too. I'm going to stand against it because, look, the bottom line is is if this is such a good deal, it would be just like when Rockefeller was making gasoline. Mm-hmm. He didn't wait for the federal government to build gas stations. He started building gas stations because people wanted gas. And look up on the TV right there. Dave. I know. There's California. A big story about California right now. They're and, having rolling blackouts. Yep. Telling people, do not charge your car. Don't you charge your car. <laughs> Don't think about driving tonight. If you didn't get yeah. your gallon of milk, your SOL. That's simply out of luck, by the way. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> think about that. I mean, seriously. Well, I'm, I'm agreeing with you completely. I'm watching, watching Joe sitting over there, and he's saying, <clears throat> I've said this a million times. Do yeah. I have to say it again in this show? Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about it a whole bunch. <laughs> If you're gonna, if, you know, if you're gonna mandate something that all cars have to be electric after a certain date, you better have somewhere yeah. doing it. Otherwise, you know, there, there's no point in it. It just, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that uh, you put the cart in front of the horse and expect the horse to push it. Well, you, well, when there's somebody who's making those cars and they and selling it is how they're making money, so, and they're telling you. Don't do this yet. So, Dave, that tells me. Do you something. know where how much electricity comes from fossil fuels in California? Ninety, uh, excuse me, fifty-nine percent is fueled by natural gas at the power plants. Mm-hmm. So, and they're sitting there already having rolling blackouts, and that's been my question to Tom Cotton, my question to French Hill and to Bozeman. Okay, so you want to push these down our throat? They're so, not trying to push. Oh them. no! So three but, guys. Let's make sure everybody understands. Those three guys aren't mm. pushing it down our no, throat. No, but the, you know they're not. But the government, you know, the federal government's trying to push it down our throat. Where are you going to get the electricity charge? And that's my question. Texas run out of electricity when we had a snowstorm. Yep. So what makes you think we got enough? And why? Because those big fans froze up. Well, that and and the 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 solar panels. They yeah. all had snow on them, so they couldn't charge. So, you know, what do you expect? So, you know, we've got to figure something else out before they can make all this work. Yeah. Or we'll be just like California out there, hollering, don't charge your car, because you ain't going to have no electricity tonight when you get home. I got you. All right, we've got to get a break. Time to get Bill O'Reilly in here, and we'll be back. Joe is here. BJ is here. Duck is here. I'm here. 
And uh, you're here as well. We're glad that you came along. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. We got a special guest with us. B.J. Hayes is here. He's the new owner of Jets Gas. You know uh, Jets Gas. You know anybody who lives in this area knows where Jets is at. Uh, by the way, if you ever want to get some uh, information from them, five zero one six six four forty four eighty five is uh, their work number. Five zero one six six four forty four eighty five. Can I give the cell phone? No. no, I wouldn't recommend. No, okay. I'm, that's why I asked. That's why I asked. All right. Not everybody's Tim Griffin. I understand. I'm just saying. Anyway, good to have you along for the ride. Ducks here. Joe's here. We've been talking about uh, Ford making their decision that they're going to make their next uh, Mustang all electric, and I know that it has to do with. All of these uh, states that are saying by 1035, we're not going to make any more, you know, internal combustion engine cars. Well, that's what they're saying right now. I'm just saying, do not be surprised if they don't start pushing that number back further and further. Well, they just did like an eight-minute segment on Fox News uh, out in California of how they're having problems with rolling blackouts, telling people don't don't uh, don't uh, be pl- plugging up your electric car. And look, they don't even have ten percent of the 6%. cars being being electric, and they can't meet the necessary electricity for them. Well, you I'm know, looking at Joe, and he's saying, "What, what a big surprise! Why, why, why would you pass a law saying you can't you can't sell a, a combustion engine in our state after this date?" <clears throat> And not have uh, the actual competence to understand that you can't charge them all. The same reason they it's say you can't drive a truck that is made, you know, 16. after 16, 2016. and newer. Think about that. If it's if it's twenty if it's a twenty fifteen truck, you're SOL. Can't, you can't sell it. Yeah, it's supposed to drive it on the streets. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, you know I, the people in charge. They have no idea what they're doing. No, they no don't. Idea. <clears throat> well, that is a self-correcting error. Sure. And it can be self-corrected as of November. Start yes. there anyway. Yeah. Let's, let's hope that is. You've got to have a starting spot, and that's yeah. going to be the starting spot. I sure hope so. I really do. I hope so. Because there's, you know, I agree, you know, thinking like Star Trek is, is kind of cool, but trying to make it a reality right now is not going to work. It's just not going to work. And you know it's not going to work when the guy who's the number one guy for making electric cars says, you don't want to do this. You're not ready for it. Yeah. You know, you're just not if, ready for if it. If one of his cars breaks down, he sends a mechanic out to fix it at your house because there's no one in the state of Arkansas to repair it. It's what they call a Tesla Ranger. And if the car's under warranty or whatever, if it needs to be towed in, if it's going to be down for a little bit, they give you something to drive. It's it's a pretty good process of, from what I understand about it. All right. So the car they give you to drive, is it wind-up? Nah, <laughs> no. I'm just wondering. No. Dave, it's a Flintstone car. It's yeah, got a hole yeah. cut the floorboard. I don't know. That's the way I that. get to work, my brontosaurus. 
Well, you know, and, and you know, as far as maintenance on those cars, they're going to have the same suspension parts wear out, same tires wear out, same brakes wear out, same air conditioning, vent and duct problems. and Compressor it, problems because uh, they're all electric. And, you know, I think, who was it? Yeah, uh, it was Tesla that made all their repair manuals free online. Now, a lot of folks out there don't understand what that means. Like, for instance, Mercedes-Benz, if you want their... <laughs> repair manuals you've got to buy their software package which includes their scanners and to process it with uh, ten twelve thousand dollars they're not saying you can't have the yeah, repair BJ manuals. just picked up those last week yeah <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the point is if they say you know by law they have to make them free the repair manuals but they don't say how you have to make them free so but anyway tesla stepped up said hey they're online you want them go get them we don't care which is cool. I and like the, and mm-hmm. the next sounds that you heard was all yeah, people touching the wrong terminals. All right, yeah, gotta and, be careful. And, and that's another thing too, Dave. You know they've had to train the fire department. I know the Benton fire department had some training on it here not long ago, because if you reach in there with a pair of bolt cutters and you cut the wrong cable, you did. Well, well it's, it's just like if one of them catches on fire, you can't put it out. Yeah, run. Uh, if it's, you know, 240, 50 volts, 300 volts sometimes, depending on what, what kind of vehicle you're working on. But, yeah, you can get hurt. But they all have manual shutoffs. Yeah. yeah, you just pull them and it releases it from the battery. Yeah, you got to know where it's at, though. That's what the training is for. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's correct. You know, but they did have a little training on it. it. You know, it was a couple of three hours trying to get a little bit of knowledge about it. You know, they asked me about it, and... <laughs> I told him, look, I've had a little training on it, but not very much. Don't really want none right now, so, you know. Would you park one inside your garage? No. Would you, ch- or, uh, Joe? I'm going to try not to own one for a long time. <laughs> well, I'm <don't laughs> no, no, not at your house. I'm talking about some, you bring one in to be worked on. Would you put it in a bay and leave it there overnight? Sometimes you have to do that, Dave. It's broke. It's not running right. Depending on what you're doing to it. But, yeah, but you can always pull the the, yeah, the master the switch okay. on it and, and disconnect. It's a, it's a disconnect. You can always do that, and it makes it safe. But without it hooked up, you can't plug it in and charge it. There's, there's you know, it's got to go. You go one or the other. It's kind of yeah. like when Ford come out, you know, a few years ago, Joe, and they had the, them, uh, the Ford pickups and everything yeah. that was burning up due to the, uh, the ABS switch, pressure switch yeah, on the bottom of the mass cylinder. Yeah. They didn't put a fuse in it, a 15-amp fuse in it. It comes straight off the battery. Brake fluid would leak down through the center of it and short it out. It had been a many cars burn up because of it. Yeah. And Ford finally come out with a repair, which a lot of them I'd already done cut the wire and put a fuse in them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had friends, and I'd tell them, look, don't put that in your side of your, your house. I had a nephew had one, and I kept telling him, don't put it in there. About two months later, he walked out one morning, and it was burning. Well, we mm. we talked about this a few weeks ago, Doc, and that is that uh, a lot of insurance uh, companies now will not cover your car being par if it's electric being mm-hmm. parked inside your garage because it might catch on fire, and if it catches on fire, good luck putting it out. Were you talking about the vehicle insurance or the homeowner's insurance? Yeah, I think it uh, covers the. Uh, it's covering the uh, home. Yeah, it, the homeowner's insurance one we was looking at yeah. today. It won't cover your house if your car burns. But you know, 
things will get better. And it's like anything else, though. You know, it, it gets better as time goes on, and we learn more about it, and the, the manufacturers learn more about them. But right now, it's kind of uh, trial and error stage. Well, I don't, I don't buy the first of anything. <clears throat> you know, if if there's a new car comes out, I can tell you it's going to be a couple of years before if I even like what it looks like. I ain't buying it. Because I want them to work the bugs out of it. Because I know there's bugs. Because you know what? I talk to Joe and Duck enough that I know that there's a bunch of bugs in them. I got a 2021 GMC pickup. And about every 15, 1,600 miles, it pops up on my dash and they replace the air filter. Because it's a, it keeps up, you know, by how many miles and everything. Yeah. But they didn't do this till they come in and reprogrammed it. And I was talking to the GM about it, and they said, yeah, we know we got problems. We're trying to get it worked out, then we'll come back in. Because they, they do mine over the Internet. Uh-huh. They program mine through the Internet, and uh, they know it. But about every 15, 1,800 miles, i got to retrip it back to 100% on the dash. Because, but they know they got this problem, and, you know, uh, they're working on it. It just takes a little time. Just a bummer. When you're waiting for them to take care of it, <laughs> as you wait for them I to fix it. I changed mine going down the road. I, yeah. I got it down pat now. I can change it going down the road. But Well, you know. you know, all three of us sitting here, we all know, and we're all fully aware that as the car runs and from the day it was born and it's sold and, and, and the new owner takes possession of it and drives it, he may drive it five, six, seven, eight, nine years, ten years, longer than that. Well, he might have to drive it ten years to get it paid for, but... Uh, we all know and we're aware of the fact that during this it, during this lifespan that the manufacturer that built it does software upgrades for it. Isn't that right, guys? Every, just about every day. And some of those software upgrades are due to age because the engine and the transmission and certain components wear a little bit, so they have to open up parameters and make things a little bit more acceptable so you don't get these lights that come on which is a check engine light, and a lot of times uh, uh, we see them a lot of times where check engine light's on and automatically brings on the ABS, the track lights, and everything else, and the customer's like, all these lights will come on all at the same time. And you, and they think there's something really bad wrong with it, and uh-huh. actually all it is, and Dave, you're aware of this, could have a cat code in it. What does that do? It brings on the ABS oh, and the track Lord. lights. brings on everything. Mm-hmm. I Can't mean, remote started or nothing. Lo- locks the back doors and won't let you in the car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just, it's just it's crazy stuff. Well, but there, but there's some codes when it sets, it turns the AC off, right, BJ? Yep. It disables it and and won't let it come back on until you make a repair. That's their way of guiding you back to the repair shop to get it fixed. All right, I got to get a break in here before I do. I want to talk to BJ specifically. Whatever got you involved in this business. So, like I said, I was a, a, a representative for a local battery outfit for about you can twenty say years. Interstate, so, right? Yeah, interstate batteries. Joe Gibbs. <laughs> Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs <laughs> Racing. Anyways, um, so I've been going by you know a lot of shops. I, I've gone by George's once a week for twenty years. You know, I've known him really well, and um, so it it just um, you know he. he he started mentioning, you know, he wanted to, to, you know, retire, get out and whatnot. And then we started talking and, and, uh, you know, the, the shop is, uh, it's really good location. Nobody can really build in around us because, you know, of the, of the neighborhoods right, and all right. the zonings and whatnot. So it, it just felt like a fit, a really good, I've been to a lot of shops, you know, shops that 
are you know very successful like you know these fellows right here and i've been the ones that are destined to fail and everything in between and this place right here just it felt safe so that's it's a neighborhood station it's a a neighborhood station yes sir absolutely yeah people have seen it forever there and they figure if it's there forever i can go over and get my car fixed i was in there last week yeah 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 and and while i was in there there were two ladies that came in and one of your techs and then uh, i guess your service writer they went out to Mm -hmm. pump their gas for them that's almost full service almost we don't advertise full service but we're always good with a helping hand do they have a rag in their back pocket (laughs) (laughs) we got them out by the pumps and it was raining that day too so these guys went out there to help their customers get their cars filled up and and you know you you don't see that kind of service anymore no it's great no that is great all right don't forget about bumper to bumper you need uh, you know a part you want a bumper to bumper part because you get 24,000 or you get two year warranty on it if anything goes wrong with that part be replaced they'll pay for the labor to replace it and put it back in and uh, they'll take really good care of you if you got one of their credit cards they'll make that three years and 36,000 miles yep and uh, the folks at uh, the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers are ready to handle any problems that you might have. Now, if it's a transmission problem, may not be able to handle that, they'll send it over to Gary at Midstate. Yeah, well, we, we share a lot of things. All of our guys in our group, don't we, Duck? Yeah, every day. Yep. And well, yeah, I you mean, guys pull we, from each other. Knowledge is not just, you know. I mean, I may know something that Joe's guys don't know, and they know something we don't know, and we talk to one another, and, you know, and we, and me and Joe, we're good about throwing it off on one another just to see if we have run into this problem and stuff, and it makes a world of difference. Gary Henry's the same way. I'll call him say, hey, I got a transmission doing so-and-so. Just what you need to do. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm saying it over to you. <laughs> well, you know, the best thing about the group is that we all communicate with each other. We're friends, and we don't mind helping each other. We're not competitors. We're all in just a group of guys all in doing the same thing. And, and you know, get rid of the competition in there. If I can help, I will. If, if, if anybody else in the group can help me, they will. So that's good. it's a good relationship. Now, I'll tell you what happens. They call Joe's garage. They're not calling Joe. They're talking to his IT guy. Yeah. Well, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you got you got a lot of people you talk to. If you call me and ask me a question, I don't have an answer for it. I call somebody that can answer it. <laughs> so you may get a phone call back from one of us. But, yeah. But it's come through Joe or it's come through me or now BJ. You know, uh, we all. It goes around. We share. Well, it goes around, comes around. If That's I can correct. save you and your customer three hours and versus. I can tell Joe, hey, Joe, this is what we found. This is what we did to cure it. Mm-hmm. And he can go in and do that, and that cures it, and that saves three or four hours of diagnostic time. I mean, we have to charge for that day because yeah. that's time that's took away from our day. Uh, and sometimes uh, I had a Ford truck. That All we, right. Tell me about it when we come back. All right? Can you tell me about yeah, it when we come we'll, in? We'll discuss All right, we'll, we'll do back. that because i got to get our final break in for the hour. Let's find out what happened with the Travs. We continue. Let's finish up here this hour. Uh, B.J. Hayes is with us. He is the new owner of Jets Gas Station. Uh, you'll want to go by. That's just right down there by the uh, uh, 
the oyster bar. That ain't far from here. No, far it's from a good here. place to eat. And and he's going to be on with us on Saturday morning too, Dave. Oh, you got, when's, when's your first time up? I'm not really sure yet. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jerry, any man schedule. Jerry Roger yeah. handle all that. Yeah, I sent too. I sent a note to Kenneth uh, this uh, uh, yesterday. I guess it was saying that I would not be in starting a week after next because I got to go to D.C. and then after that it's vacation yeah and then i'll be gone for Gee, a couple I wonder weeks where you're going dave i don't know i don't know this place in, i got a letter i'll stumble up on you i got a letter i got a letter from the place i'm staying at saying we're looking forward to it and i said yeah you're looking forward to my money mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know well they're looking forward to seeing you too dave. yeah i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> yeah sure anyway they could care less that I'm coming. But I'm looking forward send, to going. Send your money and that's it. Everything's okay, Dave. But I'm liking and I want to keep it this way as the Atlantic Ocean has been calm. It has. We want Real it to calm. stay that way. They had two storms form out there last week. Both of them went, went away from yeah. the United States. They say there's one coming off the African coast right now that could, it could hit the Atlantic coast. No, I don't want to hear about it. But they say it's about seven, eight days out. Well, was that seed? That's getting too close to when I'm going to be there too. Yes. I, I've already went one time and spent one week sitting in my room. That wasn't fun. Mm-mm. No, that was very, very, very irritating to so say the least. Let's discuss this Ford truck. So I had this okay, customer in. When you'd shut the doors, they would lock and the windows would roll down. <laughs> With the key in your hand, yeah, you could push the you know key in the door and, and unlock it. The remote wouldn't work, so Tim messed with it, messed with it, and finally figured out it had a, a anti-theft module. Ford did, couldn't figure it out, so finally figured it out, pulled the module, sent it to a place up in New York that repairs them. They called me and laughed at me, said, "You really want this repaired?" And I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Yeah, good luck." Huh? So I said, "So what am I going to do?" She said, "We don't have any. There's none on the market to be bought. The processors burn up in yours. Can't do nothing with it." So I put my mechanic on the phone with him, Tim, and she the the guy up there explained to Tim how to bypass all of it. So it now anti theft still works on it, but it just don't have a module. It won't blow the horn or nothing like that if somebody breaks a window. But I've have you know, Tim did get it where the doors would would lock and the windows stay up on it. Now wait a second. Now you're telling me that it didn't have an anti theft module. No, it did have one. It, it don't have one now. Okay. Because But it wasn't supposed to have a module. No, Ford didn't even know it was there. Uh, I, I run into a <laughs> Ford mechanic, an older Ford mechanic, and he knew about it. And he's the one that explained to Tim where it was at. But uh but they got it bypassed where everything works. The little red light on the dash still flashes, you know, like it's supposed to. But if they knock the windows out, the horn won't blow or nothing like that. But, hey, everything works on it. So. Well, see, I don't know if that's such a great idea. Break your windows out. Doesn't make a sound. Yeah. Well, but Blake Dan, about I, it. the key recognition is still working on it. Yeah. So that they, they're not going to be able to just drive it away. Yeah. Not, no, you not can't to lock the switch out and drive and off. Take off in it, so. Ask, ask Blake about being over at Memphis over the weekend. Well, I can only imagine. Did he get locked down somewhere because of this guy? Oh, no. No, they knocked the window out of his truck. Oh, no. At a secure parking lot at the hotel. Oh, no. Yeah, they knocked the window out. Lucky they only stole a little bit of change he had in his console. 
And he asked me, Dad, why did the alarm not come on? I said, because they crawled through the window. They didn't open the door. Yeah, smart. They know what they they're doing. They got 15 vehicles in that parking lot that night. Wow. And they had a guard on duty. Yeah. Yeah, with his eyes closed. I figured he was in with them. All right. Let's take a break, and then I'll be Thank back you, at 9 o'clock. Joe Duck, thanks for coming by. BJ, welcome aboard. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're going to have some fun with this. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. Uh, 9 o'clock, Jimmy Cavan's going to be with me, as well as uh, Hines, Lance Hines, coming in from the city council. We're going to talk crime. Only makes sense here on the Dave Ellswick Show. One more hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Typically, just to let you know, typically, this is where we dig deep. That's right, we dig deep. Get into the good stuff. You don't want to miss the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, hopefully, here down the line, another few weeks, uh, my time on the air is going to change. I'll still be on in the morning, but we're going to make it where I'm on for four hours again instead of being on for... Two hours and then off for an hour and then maybe come back for an hour and, I don't know, take another hour off and then come back for an hour. I'm just kidding. It's not been that way. But, it, you know, we're going to get back to the way it used to be, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Some people aren't. The mayor's office is not. Uh, the superintendent's office in Cabot is not looking for that to happen. You know, they tune in to find out what they need to know. <laughs> You know, that they've been trying to hide. And and we'll keep talking about that. All right, today, Jimmy's back. Of course, he's here now on Thursdays with the Dave Ellswick Show. He's my FOIA warrior. It's always nice to have him here. He brings what he does is a simple process. Well, I won't say it's simple, but it's a process that any uh, person who is a, uh, you know, a citizen of the city, of a county, of the state, uh, can uh, get information from the government and get transparency going on within our uh, our elected officials. Because sometimes transparency is hard to come by. Uh, ask up in Cabot, as far as the school board goes. Uh, they run behind uh, closed doors a lot up there, and it's against the law. And we're going to keep calling them out about it. And if worse comes, if worse comes to you know, push comes to shove, uh, we'll take them to court over it, and uh, we'll sue them over it, because you, as a taxpayer, are uh, you know, you deserve to know what's happening in your city government, in your county government, in your state government. So keep uh, keep that in mind. And uh, it's not personal. Well. 
I can't say that. It does get personal when you know people are lying. Uh, I've been in. I've been doing politics for years. I was talking just this morning, if you were part of the show, I was talking about this guy that went on this shooting rampage over in Memphis and about, I can hear it already, you know, I think the guy should be put to death. I think uh, execution should come back into style. But uh, your bottom line is, is there will be people say, well, he's only 19 years old. My God, what? You know, he hasn't even lived a part of his life. Well, thank God, because if he lives his whole life, how many people will he kill? I'm one of those people who think you get rid of them. You know, you got sometimes you got to put bleach in the pool. I'm just saying, got to get rid of the bacteria. So some people don't want to play nice uh, in life. One of my favorite parts of uh, the last segment of the Batman trilogy is when Alfred is talking to Batman and talking about there are just some people that want to see society burn. And that, that this is a guy that wants to see society burn. Well, before he can burn us, it's time for us to burn him, just the way I look at it. So anyway, with that said, Lance Hines is here today. Has nothing to do with what I just said, except that he's here today. want you to know that. Thanks, Sam. With Ward 5. And I want to talk to him about crime today. Because here in Little Rock, everybody wants to to duck and jive, you know? You know, duck and weave and move away from the punches. Is anybody willing to stand up and take the punches and throw some punches back and say, we got to stop this crap? Well, we we talked about it Tuesday night in our meeting when we got into our our uh, after all the fanfare with uh, the mayor not getting his way on spending dropping eighteen million dollars into the into the uh, community to help him try to get reelected, and we decided we ought to hold some of that in reserve. We still deployed thirteen and a half million dollars Tuesday night, which seems to get ignored by his minions right. and the uh, social media. But he, he's the one who politicized it, which is kind of funny. He's <laughs> we we didn't make a political issue out of it. We're just trying to do what's right by our taxpayers, and it's our tax money. And he acts like we can only spend it in a couple areas of the city, and that that money was given back to the given to us by the our taxpayer funds were given back to us by the federal government to use all over the city correct so but we got into talking about our homeless issue which to me is kind of a it goes to the broken window theory which they used in new york city uh you know we heard that well we can run these aggressive panhandlers off the corners but our police have bigger things to do and i would say that our police should start with the little things jaywalking spitting on the sidewalk aggressive panhandling you know, people running red lights, people speeding, which I, I've got complaints in, in a lot of our neighborhoods. If you start with the little things, the big things will take care of themselves. We're real good at taking care of the big things. We, what's happened is we have let the little things slip, and it leads to that sense of lawlessness and unsafeness that everybody's talking about. If you're walking downtown and, you know, aggressive panhandler gets in your face and they won't take no for an answer. You know, I think that's... That's what it is. It's just a general sense of lawlessness that, that the current administration, uh, the caravanning that goes on on the weekends. That You want to talk about just blatant lawlessness? You know, we've got noise ordinances. You can't drive a, a car in an unsafe manner when they're getting out in parking lots and doing donuts. But our, our officers have been told to stand down and not enforce it because it would upset the culture. And you'll hear the mayor 
and Director Phillips and a lot and some of the board talk about the culture. Well, the culture is lawlessness, and that's that's what's being tolerated. Well, if this culture is wrong, it's wrong. Right. And, and I can tell you the majority of the city doesn't want to put up with the lawlessness anymore. And that's what I'm hoping in November we're going to get a change in leadership. Well, here's what I've noticed lately. I drive here to work every day. All right. Well, not this last week I had COVID. But I, I, I come in to go to work early, early in the morning. And by I'm about ready to leave 11 or 12 o'clock in the afternoon and out here on Broadway, Broadway University and uh, 630 they're camping out in the in the middle of the interstate you know medians uh, medians yeah. it's crazy yeah. I, I, did you I, see all the crap that's out there oh now? yeah i just came that way to, uh, <laughs> to come to your show this morning i think i think it goes back to the mentality of the, of the mayor and his administration and, and director phillips to be quite honest uh, if you go back to their their feelings on this, I think you have to go back to when we had some protests going on during the George Floyd thing, and it was their philosophy. It was their philosophy and belief that protesters should be able to take over Interstate 630. They got on a press conference. Uh, the mayor said it is their First Amendment right to occupy 630, Interstate 630. Well, think about that mentality. That's the mentality that trickles down to what you're talking about. It's, it's well, not, it sends a message for sure. Right. Now, the now the state police took issue with that and, and, and cleared the interstate. But you literally have a mayor that got on there talking about the culture, right, mm-hmm. that says it's, a, it's their First Amendment right to occupy and go onto an interstate. No, it's not. And stop well, the flow. That's and, not their <laughs> First Amendment right. No. And if you'll call, when we we had the former chief on, he told me that that was standard operating procedure to allow a group to go down onto an uncontrolled interstate, which is the biggest load of BS I've ever heard. It tells me he didn't know what he was doing. How, I wonder what his his song to dance would have been if somebody gotten run over. Well, I, he would he would have blamed it on the on the on the people on the interstate. <laughs> Well, you of course, yeah, guys. I can I can tell you I, I, firsthand experience. Uh, my daughter was at a, a girlfriend's house in Cabot that day. The mayor was supposed to call and update me with what was going on downtown, and she came home through downtown and came through the middle of that when they were pouring on the interstate. I got a call from my daughter, who's 20 at the time, terrified of what she'd just come through, and, and I called the mayor immediately and said, what, what, "You lost total control." of the situation because you were supposed to call me at I, I could have had her avoided that i could have just said stay on the north side of the river yeah sure and don't come through downtown but i, I mean it, it's a commonplace deal that the mayor and his administration has alienated the board of directors and, and you you can look at at how when the board of directors comes together we did it uh we didn't support the sales tax which failed we supported the millage which passed unanimously and then tuesday night we all banded together because what the mayor wanted to do with the ARPA funds, by blowing it all, was purely political on his part to try to get reelected. And we, we've already got money from last year, the $18.5 million for violence prevention. That money's not even on the street yet because of our procurement processes and all that. So we've already allocated, I, I guarantee you, and, and I'm going to ask for proof, but I don't think we've put half that money on the street that we already allocated last year. And then he wants to throw another $18 million at it, and he's upset because we held $5.5 million back for, God forbid, this fall we have a resurgence of COVID or something because the federal government's not going to give the cities any more Not anymore. I, I, I think you'd, 
if you want to talk about it, how he made it political, for you folks that weren't at the meeting, please go to the the YouTube video or, or go watch the video because I think what illustrates it most is the board had clearly made their decision on the direction they wanted to go. And when they took the vote, uh, uh, the nays clearly had it. And, I mean, it was just obvious. Even in the, in the Let me tell you how he politicized this. People overlooked this. And I wish people would go back and look because when that happened, the nays clearly had it. And the vote and the mayor said, yeahs have it, tried to move on. And everybody went, wait a minute. And yeah, I, th- I think it was you or something. We'll call for a roll call immediately. Vote. And he laughed. He thought he and Director Phillips thought it was the most was hilarious funny. thing, which makes a joke out of our proceedings, yes. which and I think people, was the most offensive thing of the whole night. I think people should go look at that because you had a deal where eight members voted no, two voted yes, and he tried to say the yeas have it. And that if that doesn't tell you it was political, nothing does. Am I making sense? No, no, absolutely. That was absurd. Yeah. That was making a mockery of the whole process. Well, it's this mayor's office, of course. It's absurd. Sure, it, uh, but I think that I think that goes to it, and then to politicize it the way he has. And he was out on Twitter ten, fifteen minutes after yes. the meeting. But I, yeah, and, and that's that's just the general problem. It's a willful ignorance of our crime problem. And he he's trying to, you know, there's there's uh, I think Mark Twain said there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. And politicians. And politicians. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but he's trying to he's trying to say our violent crime numbers are down. They're trending down, but they're still up above where they were. It, and what he's trying to say is they're trending down from a peak. It's kind of like Biden saying, "Well, gosh, gas has gone down for a month. You know, it's down from five fifty a gallon to four fifty a gallon, but it's still two dollars a gallon higher than it was before you took office." Yeah. You well, know, it's 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 all relative, and to try to say it's a, and 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 luckily lately. I, I don't think we've had any homicides in the last week and a half uh, since the big shootout downtown. Maybe because we've taken more seriously our, our police presence. I know that with the with uh, acting chief Bewley and uh, assistant chief Helton, that those guys know how to police the city. They've been doing it for thirty years, and and we now we I think we finally got the mayor's office out of the police department. And, and I can tell you, in the twelve years I've been on the board, uh, up until Mayor Scott's term. The mayor's office and the city manager's office has let the chiefs and the police departments run their department. I, I, and look, Chief Humphrey was 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 a bad chief, but I think it made it even worse that the mayor's office was meddling in 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 what he was doing. They they've got a handler in Mark Edwards over there. That's that's the that's the and everything was being run. Anything that was going to the police department was going straight through Mark Edwards back to the mayor's chief of staff in his in his office. And and, and when you start screwing up the chain of command like that, uh, and, and the chief created his own alternative chain of command. But you know, I think the morale's better in our police department. I still think we're way behind on recruiting. And 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 Jimmy, you can go pull the facts on this and for you this. But when when the mayor was sworn into office in 2019, we had a recruit class in. They graduated in February that year that put us fully staffed. And we had already fallen behind the attrition rate by the end of his first year after he fired, you know, after they bring in Humphreys, they fire Starks. It just was a downward spiral, and we haven't been able to pull out of it. And I can tell you that uh, the state police, 
North Little Rock, they haven't had any problems getting staff, guys. Because they're, they're taking all of our – we've got right. our officers They're leaving. going across the river. They're, they're, they're taking pay cuts. We've got officers that are taking pay cuts to get out of the situation. NLRPD. Actually. All right. Hold, on, hold, sure. hold, your, hold your powder. Okay. All right. got to get a break. we got to pay for the show. Don't forget about our friends over at ICU uh, Protection. You call Billy Mack. He'll set up the security system at your home or at your business. And you'll feel a lot better about it because you can get the door and window sensors. You can get the motion detection. You can get cameras. You want cameras? Go with ICU uh, protection, 1080p uh, clarity, and they do a great job for you. Call Billy Mac today, 501-205-1333. That's 501-205-1333. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, uh, Jimmy, you were saying something. I had to cut you short. Yeah, it's. It, I, I think it's important to point out that on, on Little Rock police officers leaving the department to take jobs in other agencies that actually pay less, they're taking a pay cut to leave. I think it's really interesting that North Little Rock PD uh, actually a year ago started a big recruitment push to get Little Rock officers, and they were publicly saying – in posts that hey if you're tired of working for a city whose mayor does not care about you and the chief that does not care about you and they were specifically talking to little rock uh, police officers say you know come across the river mm-hmm. you know I we've agree. got a mayor that supports you we got a chief that supports your department to support you and they have gained quite a few officers from the little rock police department officers who left to go to north little rock to make less money officers right. that have been in little rock for a long time and you and I were talking about it, uh, uh, and I and I love this guy. He's one of the best homicides the Texas this state's ever seen. Is Tommy Butch Hudson? He retired north from Little Rock, and now he's he goes. Yeah, he, to he came out of retirement to f- help our cold case unit, yeah. and then got fed up with. Yes, doing that, and he's over in North Little Rock working there, and case and they're unit. letting him do his job, and things are getting solved. So. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think uh, I think the other thing we've got to address uh, from a crime standpoint, and of course everybody wants to say, well, you can't police your way out of it. Well, I can tell you, it's not going to get any better if we don't stop the if we don't stop the bleeding on the street, and we can't do it when we're down seventy to eighty officers. No, and it, and, no, and, and the biggest issue we got right now is state police just raised their base pay to fifty four thousand dollars. The Little Rock starting base pay is forty four thousand. So we're going to have to address. Our, our pay because Little Rock used to be the highest paying uh, police department in the state, above the state police, above any of the other departments, and we we've always been the gold standard as far as training, accreditation, all that stuff, and we still got that accreditation. The problem is our our shields tarnished because of the last three years of what's been going on with the mayor's administration and a bad chief. I mean, and and you know you've got guys, and and the truth is. Out of the the folks that applied for the chief's position, there's only one qualified candidate, and that's Assistant Chief Helton. He's the only one that applied that's got the qualifications to lead our department. Now, remember, he's the one who signed the letter uh, stating that Humphrey was a problem. And you guys got to understand the background on that from our police officers was Chief Bewley, Chief Helton, all those guys went to the mayor and tried to work it out through back channels, and they weren't getting any traction. They felt that they, if they didn't do something, the department was going to implode upon itself. That's a fact. And, I know that's a fact. And, and, you know, being an ex-military kid, uh, 
Zen ROTC chain of command is huge. When you break outside the chain of command like that, that's that's a Houston we have a problem. Well, that's and that was the mayor's fault. Yeah, he's the one who broke the chain of command. He he when the, on day one when he got elected, he inserted himself into LRPD affairs mm-hmm. uh, from day one. But I think you also have to address not just the pay because you got officers leaving now. Like I said, to take jobs that pay right. less. So while I think the the city does need to raise its pay for police officers, you never get me here argument against me raising pay for first responders. But I think you also have to address the the. The, they like to use the word culture, so I'm going to say the, uh, the culture they built is what recruits are you getting? Because I can tell you what veteran officers have told me is the recruits we're getting, not demeaning any of these people that have gone to the academy and now are Little Rock police officers at all, not demeaning, but they had a standard of what you're getting. So uh, you can raise the pay, but what about what? who are you recruiting to be officers? Are we getting the best? To right. be the officers, and right yeah. now that's not just the case. We're in a situation now, and I think Lance backed me up on this. Is they're in such a bind, they're just grabbing warm bodies right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. it's uh, it's tough to 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 get guys into the department that want to be police officers. Now you're trying to induce folks with a ten thousand dollars signing bonus, which has helped. But we're still having recruit classes eleven, twelve. When Chief Buckner was here and before Mayor Scott, we were having classes with twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. And based on our attrition rate, we need to be putting about a hundred officers through a year just to keep up with the guys that are retiring, quitting. You know, you name it. All right, we got more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad to have you along for the ride. Lance Hines is here, Ward uh, Five. From the uh, city council, along with Jimmy. He's my uh, FOIA warrior. They'll both be with you when we come back. But right now, we got to get the news. Let's do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, The Answer. Hey, don't forget about uh, Pat Davis and saving you some money uh, as far as your health insurance go. Uh, 30 to 50 percent, he can save you. So if you're a self-employed person, he can really save you some money. If you're a small businessman, you're still trying to supply your workers with uh, health insurance, you talk to Pat. He'll be able to help you do that at a rate that you can afford. Uh, get rid of all those uh, co-pays, get rid of a lot of those deductibles, or at least cut them back so they're reasonable uh, with the folks at Pat Davis. Uh, you call them at 501-605-6935 or visit him online, yourhealthplanman.com. He'll be, helping you, uh, he'll be ready to help you out so that you save money and you have good health insurance. That's Pat Davis, 501-605-6935 or yourhealthplanman.com. All right, uh, Lance Hines is on with us from the City Council, Ward 5, as well as my FOIA warrior, Jimmy's here. Always good to have Jimmy on the, the air. Uh, Ward, bring, or, uh, Lance, bring me up to date on what's going on with this money uh, that you all are discussing. Where are you going to put it at, and how does it right. How does it help the city overall? So, you know, for a long time since the 90s when we did, I think, Future Little Rock, we the, the city of Little Rock started out with $3.5 million, and now it's $5.5 million that we put into prevention, intervention, treatment, which was back then was trying to address the gang violence issue. And and what what's kind of transpired over the years is the programming we were doing, the, the, the game on the street, I guess you'd call it, has changed. And... Uh, 
there's only one guy that I've talked to that we we did fund his program. He was already working in our in our schools uh, with privately funded funds. Uh, he worked on BB staff. Uh, was a former uh, uh, felon. Yeah, he was a former. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, a gang member, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, uh, and, and he, you know, didn't have a, got his education while he was in prison. Ended up working on Governor Beebe's staff as minority relations, and then, but he, he felt he's really had a he's really had a calling. God's kind of given him the the line on what's going on, and and it really centers around a form of rap music that's come down out of Chicago, which is the center while they're having all their shootings called drill rap, and it's all about killing somebody and getting a body. And you go make a rap song about it, you sell it on the internet, and you make a couple grand, and you go do another one. And that's what's at the nucleus of everything that's going And he's the first guy that I said, sit down and explain to me how what's going on in today is different than the 90s. In the 90s, everything was popping off on the street corner. Yeah. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. It's still about drugs. It's still about gangs. It's just not the Bloods and the Crips, and it's not it's not the drug dealing going on the street corner. It's everything popping off on these smartphones, correct? On social media that. and all that stuff. And so Kevin, when I met with Kevin, he was the first guy, and I, I really think he's been the only one now. Can he duplicate and replicate himself enough? And he goes into these, and he says, "You got to reach him in the elementary school kid." He said because a lot of the problems we're having are out of junior high kids now, and. Uh, He's got a term for it. He's, he's, he said, look, he said, I had a cousin that they finally arrested. This is a couple months ago. He said, I'm glad he's off the street. He said, the guy was a demon. That's what they call him on the street. These guys are just going to go out. Uh, this uh, one cat that was like 17 years old named Fredo that he's probably got, they probably got three or four murders on him right now. Like uh, I said, there are yeah. some people, they just want to watch it burn. Yeah. And, I mean, and, seriously. And, and, that's, and that's a realism from a guy who's out working with these kids on the street. And he says they just haven't seen anything different than what they're seeing on the street. But the, we haven't changed our tactics over the last 20 years. And that, that was probably my frustration and, and my comments about how our, our programs aren't working. So, uh, you know, and, and I feel we, but, but it, those are a long-term solution. And right now we've got a short you know and I'll, i'm a military guy so you got a tactical and a strategic that's right the the violence prevention in our communities and that money that's a that's a strategic long term uh you're talking about for those programs to work take years they worked when we did them back in the 90s mm-hmm. but it took it took several years but the first thing we did in the 90s was we went out and we suppressed the crime we did it we did it with with uh, uh violence you know with with targeted uh, police groups that went out, went after the drug dealers, went after the gangs, got the most violent offenders off the street. And right. St- it's still the, it's that old eighty twenty rule. You still got you still got twenty percent of your criminals doing eighty percent of the crime. You get those twenty percent off the street. But what's happened is over the years, those guys that we got twenty thirty years ago, they've all done their terms. They're all back out on the street. Some of them, you know. And and so you, you have this revolving door. I think I think that uh, our new attorney general. Uh, is got to have something to say about our parole system. Talking about uh, Tim Griffin. Tim Griffin. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of things getting ready to happen, but we can't have the city of Little Rock as the, I guess the the black sheep, not wanting to get with the program that the governor and the and the and the attorney general are trying to work on in the capital city. A couple months ago, I had a guy on. Uh, that was involved with the Dallas Police Department. Dallas is a city that has not had 
there's, there's a, their violent crime's been decreasing. That's what I'm saying. And there's a reason because of the way they're going about dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Have we contacted them to come in and, we, and we, look? I will tell you, our command staff knows exactly what Dallas is doing. But they can't get support from the mayor and his administration because what they're doing is they're monitoring social media and they're preemptively going out and talking to potential victims and potential perpetrators and intervening mm-hmm. and saying, look, we know this is about to go down. You've got a choice to make because we already know. We, we can see it on your social media. We know something's about to pop off. The mayor and his administration do not want our police involved, and, and it's Why? it's not it's not just the police. The, how Dallas does it? They have the police, they have members of the community, and they have they have social social workers and wraparound. They all work together to intervene in these, and the, and they have actually one of the few metro areas in the United States over the last two years. Crime is going down. Crime is going down. That's exactly right. It happened and, after they had that shooting. Remember the yeah. shooting that happened in Dallas? Yeah. I think one thing that, that that people have to talk about, and it goes back to what Lance said when you were talking about the the rap videos out of Chicago and everything. If you look back at the at the nineties when these gangs and this violence really happened, it was back then. It was more strictly about business. It was more about money, it, and I think where the times have changed, especially uh, in the minors, is what you were talking about because now to these these people doing these killings and this violence. It's not so much about a drug business or, or an enterprise that what they would call an enterprise. It's about fame. Mm-hmm. You have now a situation where young people are killing other people just to be famous for doing it, mm-hmm. and not not famous on a national, just famous locally, locally on social yes. media. It's, yeah, it, and, it's, and, it's the craziest thing, and that's that is because I think and and we've seen it. It's so it's it's it, there's more to this component than what it used to be. There's more to it than drugs and money. Now there's a deal about fame. Well, if you then I'm going to be a local celebrity because I kill somebody. If somebody thinks that's not true, look at this guy in Memphis. Yes. He was on live doing it, smiling, just having a great time doing it, killing four people. Yeah, and to Lance's point, I dealt with it a year ago on a, on a murder in Little Rock and some murders in North Rock working with their families in the sense that the people that did it couldn't wait to let everybody know they did it. Right. And just break it because to them, that's a fame status. They, right. they know more than kill somebody. They can't wait to broadcast it. And, and what, what Kevin will tell you about this is these, these guys aren't dumb. They go out and make a, make a song about it. And then they say, "Well, no, man, that's just my First Amendment right of expression. I don't, I didn't, I'm, right. I'm singing about it, but I didn't have anything to do that's with right. it. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's just, it's just kind of the uh, bizarre world, I guess, we're living in, where some of this stuff's concerned. But, but it really starts with, you know, and 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 the mayor and his staff think that that's over. And I, I hate to tell you, now wait a but, second. No, wait they, a they say it's over policing, but but I'll tell you what, everybody that I've seen, you go back to. Uh, Miss Dawn Jeffries, who showed up at my house, who's now in the federal penitentiary. I've done a lot of battle with her. Yeah, <laughs> who's now in the federal penitentiary. She was one of the loudest people down there complaining about being over-policed. It seems to me that some of the folks down there complain about over being over-policed are the criminals. And, and that's really what I've seen. You know, I can't tell you how many times we've had people down there and then they end up end up. Of course, Dawn Jeffries had, had Chief Humphreys and Frank Scott's cell phone number. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they they actually placated to her for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I loved I loved Don Jeffrey. Hey Don, if you're listening in prison, hi. And, and her, she and uh, she and I and, and and her band of thugs, I'll call them thugs. 
have done battle on the state capitol steps. Yeah. It, uh, literally. Literally did battle on the state capitol right. steps. Yeah, we can say literally uh, on, on that. All right, let's get one final break in, then we'll come back. We'll finish it up. Lance Hines is here. We got Jimmy here, and uh, I'm here. I'm just sitting here listening. I'm learning a lot today. But something I will say, if you don't understand the technology you're up against and you're using it to defeat the technology that's being used to try to defeat you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And when you got a mayor that's saying, you know, talking about, uh, you know, it's part of the, what's the word that he's using? Uh, the culture. The culture. Hey, look, use the culture to fight back. I don't see, I don't see the mayor doing that. I see him capitulating to the culture. That's what capitulate means giving up to the to the to the culture. You Is know, that your twenty five cent word for that's the day. That's my twenty five cent word. That's it. That's it. Don't ask for another freebie. I don't do it. I just don't do it. All right, it's Dave Ellswick show. Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. You want a great price on uh, say uh, a wedding ring? Go see Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Go talk to Eric Coleman. He'll beat any of the the, the jewelry stores around here. Twenty percent, I bet you. He'll beat them. Uh, he's got all kinds of free stones uh, that you can choose from, diamonds, colored diamonds, emeralds, rubies, you name it. He's got them. Uh, and uh, he's got plenty of stuff on display as well. But if you want something really unique, ask Eric to design it for you. He's an artisan, 40 years in the business. He knows what he's doing. Visit him at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E right here in Little Rock, open Monday th- uh, through Saturday, 10 to 6, or call him, 501-246-3655. Eric Coleman, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, let's finish up this hour. I, I don't want to go the whole hour without talking about what's going on with Mitch. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and, and I did a post uh, a few days ago on it, and I asked everybody to go look at it. Um, after and I believe it was August fourth. Uh, Mitch did a story on the uh, uh, the city and Frank Scott violating the Freedom of Information Act, and they actually interviewed me because of my deal. And everybody, I think everybody's in tune with what I'm doing on that. Well, the next meeting in, in Lance uh, was there the August 9th meeting where he announced all of a sudden the sweeping changes to the to the FOI process in the city. Uh, based off what had been happening and based off Mitch's story and what I'd brought up, uh, after that meeting, something, a couple of days after the meeting, I'd left and uh, I got a source that contacted me and said, hey, uh, after, the me- after the meeting, as people were leaving, they had noticed that Kendra Pruitt, the mayor's chief of staff, had cornered Mitch McCoy, so to speak, and, and he said was really giving him a hard time. So me being me, I get to thinking and I say, okay, where was that taking place? And he said, you know, on the way out at the hallway. So I'd submit the Freedom of Information Act request for all the video of that hallway during that time period. Now, understand, those are public cameras Mm -hmm. that are there. And if you're not, if you're head of certain places and city government and whatever, you should realize that everything's being recorded. You would think. And if you're not, you need to go back to school yeah, I, to Politics 101. You would think Kendra Pruitt is, a, is an attorney, and she will really quickly tell you how accomplished she is. And she is not shy to tell you how smart she is. 
And so I get this video thinking, well, it's, you know, most of them going to get some animation. Maybe I can catch them and I'll see her animated. You know, really not thinking that much about it. Well, lo and behold, it had audio. Because there are microphones. And that's where it became because I think Lance has seen it, but they literally, and it wasn't just her, uh, Aaron Sadler, the mayor's communication director, uh, came back in and they literally cornered him and proceeded to berate him on his coverage and on that story he did. They questioned uh, his integrity. They questioned his journalistic t- tactics. Uh, they really were completely unprofessional with him to the point that uh, at one point Aaron got very animated and very loud and looked at Mitch and said in a very rough way and started getting animated with his hand and said, you're calling me a liar. You called me a liar. And at that point, it was animated enough that, that uh, Kendra actually took a step back as if to give Aaron a path to Mitch. And this very telling moment, because Mitch just looked at him and said, Aaron, Aaron, he said, calm down. Yeah, I've heard it. He did. He was very, uh, he downplayed it all. Yes, he did. But what was interesting about it is through this entire deal, uh, they berated him. But, boy, I find this hard because I have a hard time foreign territory taken up for the media, okay? (laughs) Really foreign territory for me. But Mitch did. He was extremely professional, and he countered. Everything they said. The video's 40 minutes. Go to my Facebook page and see it. It's become a really big topic because now Mitch is being attacked. That They're claiming that he and I are best friends, and he sent me, told me, hey, do you need to FOI this and everything. And while I like Mitch McCoy, and of course we talk like I talk to every reporter in town and everything, while I like Mitch, we're not best friends. And you have an anonymous Twitter account that went on and started a big deal about uh, he and I are best friends, and of course, my response was, oh, yeah, matter of fact, we're having dinner at Arthur's Steakhouse tonight, me and Mitch, and hopefully the mayor will be there so he can pick up our tab with the city credit card. <laughs> which, which brings me up. Yeah. This stuff is coming out, and yes. it's very, very clear that the, the mayor, I believe, is misusing public funds. Is the city council watching this? Absolutely. I mean, and, and what we're trying to find is finally get all the stuff out because – yeah, God help you. I mean, it's and and, and I mean, I've even seen what Jimmy said that they're saying there's there's no statements for certain periods, but he's got credit card receipts for those periods. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I do know that the city attorney's looking into it. I do know that Larry Jagley's involved in it, and I expect uh, you know because the city attorney doesn't represent the mayor. He represents the city of Little Rock and the city board as a That's lot, correct. which is all the directors and the mayor and the city. And so he has got a duty uh, to protect the city on, on this deal. And, and if he's got means, a client. Yeah, he's got a client. And 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 I think we'll we'll get the information out. I, I just think that you know it seems to me I've traveled on city business one time since I've been elected in twelve years. Uh, went up to D.C. for National League of Cities. I was on the same per diem that the city employees were, which is ten dollars for breakfast, fifteen dollars for lunch, and twenty five for dinner. Still is. I checked. Is it still is? Still All right. That but may, evidently, get, that may I, get you free water. You know. Yeah. No. And, and when you're traveling, you know, on the airplane and airports and in D.C., it doesn't go. But you know, I, I'm not. I'm not doing this job to soak the city for a meal. I can. I can afford to buy my own dinner. So right. It's not a not a big deal. But uh, I just think, and what I'm hearing, I, I don't have any. Maybe Jimmy can provide some documentation. But it sounds like the mayor has set aside 
any standards for any for him or any of his staff on spending or any of that kind of stuff. And All I right. can tell you, I've worked for some big corporations, and even the you know, even the owners of our corporations had stuff that the company wouldn't pay for. And let me let me jump in. Just ask yes, one sir. more question, Lance. Do you know does the does the mayor if the mayor has a credit card, he's first mayor to have one, correct? Correct. All right, and and does he have one, two, or three? Do three. we know for three. fact? Three for fact. Okay, now, but Jimmy, they don't they don't ascribe that there's a third one, do they? Yes, they oh, do. They do. They now? do. Okay. Now, the, the, now, actually, there's talk in the text messages that, that I've got between employees that that I'm not ready to make quite public yet. That there, there, where there's talk in the text messages that there's more than three. What they are saying is factually there's three. Well, and uh, there's a there's a ghost card that uh, he uses for traveling and for other departments. And then there's one actually in his name that's called Frank Scott Jr. And then there's and Lance may remember this. There was a uh, a card from First Security. They got for emergency purposes back during COVID. Now they're claiming that there's been no charges on that card, but I do have text messages like that, there's no that, that that card's never been used. Okay, yeah, but I'm saying it's like when they tell you that this we haven't done any kind of business, but we still have receipts. And, right, <laughs> and I, and I'll even take it a step further. There has been whether it's been state, the school districts, Little Rock especially. There has always been where you've got city credit cards where the individual's not responsible. There's always abuse. All the companies I've ever worked for, even if I've had a company credit card, guess who got the bill for the company credit card? Right. I did. The company didn't get the bill. Right, I had to file right. expense report. It was, it, was, it was given to me by the company, but it still went on my credit and went back against me, but it was a corporate card. And you know, very, and a lot of restrictions on what you could charge on that corporate card. The other thing about these economic development dinners, we have a contract with the Chamber of Commerce for $300,000 a year. If there was some kind of economic development dinner, the Chamber usually does those. There shouldn't be any need for the mayor. And I even question, with some of the purchases, does the mayor even have possession of those credit cards because he's buying soccer? Go- as busy as our mayor seems to be, it's amazing that he had time to go charge all this stuff in some instances. All right. Last thing. We'll be back with Jimmy next Thursday. Oh, yeah. We'll continue this on. But I heard back from Larry Jagley. I asked if he'd be willing to come on. He wants to wait. He says, while there's an investigation going on, that that tells you something right there, that he doesn't feel that it's his right to get on and stir the water. So, But I'll tell you this. I know Larry well enough that once things hit the fan, You'll be on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks for being with us. We'll be with you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.